Well, anybody found out and determined and realized that over the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months, it's been kind of hot around here? The title of my message this morning is, Man, It's Hot Here. Now, why do I put a title of the message? Well, you know, when you get my age, you know, sometimes it's easy to put a title on so you can just remember. So, I want to talk to you a little bit about heat, a little bit about getting hot. It's hot around here, all right? You've ever heard the phrase, dog days of summer? You know, I, I remember see, seeing that and I was trying to figure out what, what that really means. So during the week, I kind of looked it up a little bit uh, and I uh, come to find out that the actual dog days of summer, what it really means that apparently is there's a star, a bright star that's called the dog star and it's the closest to the sun. And I'm assuming that if you get pretty close to the sun, it's going to get pretty hot. And so it's called the dog days of summer and this, this, uh, the whole reference to that star. Most of us uh, thought that the dog days of summer had ref- was a reference to that dog that you have at home. And then in the middle of summer, when it's hot like this, all that dog wants to do is just lay down and keep quiet and not want to run around and stay cool and calm, kind of like most of us. How many of you would love to just sit down and not do anything during the summer and just kind of chill out and enjoy that kind of thing? I know I would, you know, but the dog days of summer, it's hot around here. About a week ago, uh, my family, my wife and I, and my parents and all that are visiting with us, we had the opportunity of going down to visit our daughter in Tennessee. And we stopped in Oklahoma and spent, and then down in Tennessee. And how many of you know that man down there, it's hot around there. Pretty warm. Well, when we were in Oklahoma for a short break, uh, we, were, the, the, we were staying at a home that had a pool, and I decided I'd take a swim. I wanted to cool off a little bit, try and get refreshed, so I wanted to go for a swim in this pool. So I, you know, got into the pool, and initially the, the water was kind of warm, but, you know, it, it, was, is what it, it is what it is. So I got into the pool and swam a little bit, then I decided, well, I'm going to get out. And, uh, and, and uh, when I got out of the pool, the breeze was blowing, and I cooled off, and it actually felt really good, really refreshing. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm going to jump back in one more time because it's almost time for us to go out for dinner. And so I'm going to get back in the pool one more time. So uh, this pool had a little diving board. So I kind of walked out to that diving board and got ready to, to jump in the pool. And as I stood at the edge of that board, suddenly I just began to think of the Olympics. <laughs> and I thought of that six meter high diving board. And I thought of those guys with a similar physique like mine. (laughs) They had a little smaller swimsuits on than I had on. But standing there and jumping off that board, turning triple somersault, a couple of twists, and entering that water in that perfect vertical angle, not a splash. And the crowd just standing up there and applauding and holding up big signs with a 10 on. Don't worry, it it didn't happen to me. I did dive into the pool. And I promise you, it created somewhat of a splash. (laughs) But when I hit that water, that pool was so warm. The dog days of summer had caused that pool to be so warm, it took my breath away. Now, many of you here in Wisconsin, and those that are watching us online, you know, let me clue you in a little bit of what happens here in Wisconsin. We've got some strange people in Wisconsin. I know that some of you love on New Year's Day to enjoy the polar plunge, right? When you go up and you jump into break ice and get into the water then. 
All right? That will take your breath away. Well, here, it's the first time I've ever jumped into a pool and the warm water take my breath away. The dark days of summer. You know, there's nothing, 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 nothing like on a very hot day getting hold of a nice ice-cold glass of water and drinking that water to cool off. Being refreshed with a glass of water. Nothing better than that. It's wonderful. It's refreshing. It's reviving. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about being refreshed, about being revived. In fact, I want to challenge you this morning. Each one of you and those of you that are watching us online, I want to challenge you with how can we be refreshed in our lives when things get hot? I want to challenge you about experiencing revival when you're gasping for air, when things are hot. Spiritual refreshing, spiritual revival, a drink of cold water that quenches the thirst for our soul. Is there anyone here today, is there anyone here today that needs refreshing? Anyone that needs some refreshing? Needing a, a drink of the cold water that our soul is so desperately in need of? In fact, why don't you turn to the person next to you and say this to them, all right? Are you ready? Say to the person next to you, I need to be refreshed. Now turn to the person on the opposite side of you and say to them, you need to be refreshed. You can do it online as well. And now then just say to yourself simply, don't say it out loud, just say to yourself, I have no idea what he's talking about. We need to be refreshed. We need to experience the refreshing of God. Let me turn to a passage of Scripture and read this passage to you this morning as I share God's Word with you. Acts chapter 3, starting at verse 17 and reading through verse 20 out of the New Living Translation. Here we have Peter and John in Jerusalem, having experienced the Holy Spirit and all that came as a result of the, the Holy Spirit upon their lives. They go into the temple and there's a beggar there and he begins to beg, the, beg for uh, uh, money and they refreshed him by giving him healing, crippled beggar, that they, God worked through them, the Holy Spirit worked through them, and they experienced, beggar experienced healing. And then they said this, Peter says this, Friends, I realize that you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. What you did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. That even Jesus had a time of things getting hot and had to suffer. Look at verse 19. Now, repent of your sins. Turn to God so your sins may be wiped away. Church, you want to experience refreshing? Repent of your sins. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Look at the next verse, verse 20. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. The Message Bible says it this way in verse 19. Now it's time to change your ways. Turn your face to God so he can wipe away your sins. Pour out showers of blessing to refresh you and send you the Messiah he prepared for you, namely Jesus. Ah, what refreshment. What refreshment. Repent. Change your ways. Turn to God. Turn your face to Him. Times of refreshment will come. He will pour out showers of blessing 
to refresh you. I want to suggest something to us this morning. I want to suggest to us that our city of Green Bay and the city that you're living in, if you're watching us online, needs the refreshing of God over it. Needs revival. Would you do me a favor right at this very moment? I'm going to ask each one of you to just bow your head. There is a city in our country right now that is needing the refreshing and the revival of God and the refreshing water. It's the city of Aurora, Colorado. As a result of the, what's taken place two weeks ago, there are lives that are hurting. There's been things, uh, things that have happened. We all know the, about the news. Let's pray for them right now. Father, we come to you right now. We lift up that city. We lift up the people in that city. We lift up those that have lost loved ones, those that are hurting, those that are uh, uh, in pain as a result of it. Father, we cover them in the blood of Jesus right now. Father, we pray for a refreshing, a revival that would sweep over that city of Aurora, Colorado, that would bring you glory and honor and establish your name. We know that your word says that the enemy would use for evil that you will turn for good. And we this morning, as part of the, the family of God, I believe for that to happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to suggest to you that our city, Green Bay, needs refreshing, needs revival. I want to suggest to you this morning that our church, Celebration Church, at each one of our campuses, we need revival. We need a refreshing. And I want to suggest to you that you and I, as individuals, need refreshing, need to experience revival. We need to know, because you see, it begins with us. The good news of the gospel, church, the good news of the gospel will bring revival and refreshing. That good news, the good news of what Jesus did, the good news of salvation, the good news of healing, the good news of the blood of Jesus will bring about a revival, a refreshing in the midst of the dog days of summer. The refreshing that comes to our city. I want to sidebar here just a moment and challenge us with something. In a couple of weeks' time, in August the 18th and 19th, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association is coming to Green Bay, and they are holding what's called Rock the Lakes Green Bay. Many of you, part of Celebration Church, our campuses are right here at the East Green Bay campus, are participating in that. Either been trained as counselors, going to be volunteering. We have hosted a number of the events. We'll be hosting some more events in preparation for this. Looking for this to be a catalyst, a start, a part, a continued fulfillment of the refreshing that would be poured out upon our city. My challenge to us this morning is that we would be in prayer for that. Some of you hopefully have been praying for friends and lost and loved ones and neighbors and, and bosses and co-workers that God would grab hold of their heart, that they'd be, they would be challenged, that the Holy Spirit would draw them to that event, maybe through you, maybe using you. And by the way, this morning as you leave, as you head out at the doors, at the entrances, there are some little flyers, little pamphlets that look a little bit like this. In fact, they look just like this. This is one of them. All right. A great invitation to use. Take a handful of them. Take a many as you can take and hand them out invite people to come to that event to experience a part of the refreshing that our city needs as Franklin Graham gets up and shares the gospel of Jesus Christ to the people of our land and the people of our city to see the good news of the gospel change lives and be refreshed our city the people in our city need it church they need it a couple of weeks ago at a prayer meeting 
that where we gathered in preparation and prayer for this, uh, Jim Simbola, who is the lead pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, was in town and he shared. And he shared something that I'm going to just mention as well this morning and encourage us with as part of my message. He talked about the story out of 1 Samuel, story of David. By the way, if anybody ever offers you a city by the name of Ziklag, don't go there. All right? If anybody wants to give you that city, you know, Ziklag's not a good place to live. Green Bay, not bad. Ziklag, no good. All right? You see, what happened was David was being chased by Saul, and he knew he was going to become king. And, you know, the whole story with Saul and David. David actually, with some of his men, went and joined with the Philistines, and they were going out to battle, and his men were going with them. They'd been given the city of Ziklag to live in and stay in. And when they were heading out to battle, the, the Philistines decided, well, just before they were about to uh, go into battle, they decided, well, I don't know whether David and his men should be with us, because maybe we'll get in the middle of the battle, and they'll turn on us. And you guys have heard the story about David, you know, he's killed his tens of thousands and we could just be one of them. So what he decided to do, they decided to tell David, go on back, go back to your city, take your 600 men, you go on back to the city and, and, and wait for us there. <clears throat> so David did. He turned around, went back to his city. Before they got to the city, they looked far off and they saw their city had been attacked. Their wives, their children, their livestock, everything had been taken, had been plundered, not killed, but taken. Of course, the men that were with David kind of got upset at David. They thought it was his fault. So David inquired of the Lord. He turned to God. And he said, God, what should I do? Should I go after these people and try and restore and get back what's been stolen from me? And God said, yes. So David took his men and they went after the folk. And yes, they caught up with them. And he attacked them and took back everything that had been taken from him. Took back everything that had been, and even more. He had got restored all that he had lost. You know, in the Gospel of John, John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. The thief's purpose, the thief's purpose, talking about Satan, talking about the enemy of our soul. Let me be, make something really, really quite clear to us this morning. The thief, the enemy of our lives, the enemy of our soul has a purpose. If you think that the devil and his cohorts are just kind of wandering around playing, playing the devil with a pitchfork and horns, you're sadly mistaken. He has a purpose. And what does the Word of God say that his purpose is? His purpose is to steal. His purpose is to kill. His purpose is to destroy. Make no mistake about it. His purpose is to turn up the heat in your life. What about the second part of that verse? Jesus said, but my purpose, God's purpose, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Ah, refreshing. It is God's purpose to refresh us, even in the dog days of summer. Purpose to refresh us. <clears throat> what has been stolen from you? What was challenged on this prayer meeting night, which I challenge you with today, each one of us, and those of you online as well, challenge you with this. What has been stolen from you? What have you lost? What do you need to be restored? What in your life has been stolen? God's word says that's the thief's purpose. He's been stealing from you. But God promises that he wants to refresh you, revive you, restore that to you. 
Now I'm going to do something we don't normally do <clears throat> on a Sunday morning. If you've lost something, if you've had something stolen, something in your life spiritually that's been stolen, maybe your joy has been stolen. Maybe your peace has been stolen. Maybe one of your children is in the process of being stolen. The enemy has come in and is devastating that child. If you have something that you have lost, if you have something that has been stolen this morning, I'm going to invite you to stand right now and we're going to pray for restoration. Would you do that? Don't worry about anybody standing around you. Don't make any difference what it is. Just stand to your feet and we're going to pray that God will restore. What it, God's promise to us is very true. He says that he will restore what has been stolen. All right? Bow your heads with me. By the way, if you're online, if you've lost something, I'm going to invite you to stand right where you are as well. Father, we come to you right now. And in faith, Lord, we take hold of your truth. And we pray, God, and we ask that you would restore that which has been stolen. For some here this morning, their joy has been taken from them. Your word says, Lord, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we claim that strength back now. We claim that joy back. For some, peace has been taken from them. God, for some, it may just be their, their first love, their passion for you. That at the time that they came to know you and walked into that truth and, and understanding of forgiveness, there was this passion and desire to serve you. And through the dark days of summer, their mouth has got dry. They felt uncomfortable. They got to the place that they, they, they just lost what they had been taken from them. Father, I pray for restoration now in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would restore their passion, restore their vision, restore their joy. Father, for those that may be a loved one, maybe even a child has been stolen as a result of the influence of, of the enemy. We believe now for restoration in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. For some, it may be health. Some, it may be health that has been stolen. The good news of the gospel will bring refreshing. Our city needs to be refreshed. And as we repent and as we turn to God, we will be refreshed. As the church, as you and I repent in our lives and in our hearts, and as we turn more and more to God, as we follow after God with everything within us, we will experience the refreshing of God. We will experience that refreshing in our lives as individuals. Let me share with you this morning just a, this, a story that we read in God's Word. A beautiful story about refreshing. A beautiful story about how we can experience the refreshing and what does this look like. How we can take hold of that cup of cold water. That water that, 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 will, that will bring about complete wholeness and refreshing in our lives. A wonderful story of refreshing. Not only where we can reach out and take hold of it, but that we can be a catalyst. That we can be a people that are taking the, this refreshing water to the world out there that needs it. That needs to be healed. Needs to be made whole. That needs to experience experience the power of God in their life, all right? And the story is found in John chapter 4, and we're going to read it. I want to read it to you today, and we're going to comment, share a few thoughts on it this morning, a few challenges from it. But John chapter 4, starting at verse 4 and going through verse 26, it says this, talking about Jesus, it says that he, Jesus, had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar. Boy, Sikar, Ziklag, avoid them, all right? Near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well at noontime. 
days of summer. Sun right up, hot, middle of the day. He'd been walking for a long time, dry, well, place to sit, rest, and just wait. Jesus was tired, experiencing the heat. He sat there beside the well at noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. She was surprised because the Jews saw the Samaritan as almost less than an animal. They didn't mix. They didn't have contact. They were a despised people. And here now Jesus, a Jew, was asking her, speaking to her, asking her for something, for some water. So she was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you. If you only knew the gift God has for you. Someone here this morning is needing to hear nothing else from this message than the Holy Spirit saying to you right now these very words, if you only knew the gift God has for you. Because he has that refreshing water that will bring healing to your soul. And who you are speaking to, he said, you would ask me and I will give you living water. Real refreshing. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well's very deep. Where would, you let, where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think that you're greater than our ancestors Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his, animal, and his, sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. And all through the dark days of summer, all through the dryness, all through that we're drinking from the well that Jesus can give, that refreshing that comes, that revival that comes through him. As we repent, as we turn to God, as we experience the refreshing, the reign of God upon our lives, Jesus said, you'll never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me that water. Then I'll never thirst again. I won't have to come here to get water. Jesus then said, go and get your husband. What was Jesus doing suddenly there? He was pointing out. He was giving her an opportunity to repent. Again, repentance, turning to God to experience the refreshing, to experience the refreshing. So Jesus says to her, go get your husband. I, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, yep, you're right. In fact, you've had five. And the one that you're living with now is not your husband. You've certainly spoken the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. And suddenly, instead of her responding at that moment to repentance, she tries to get Jesus sidetracked. Let's get into a debate. She says, so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that we worship in Green Bay and, as the place of worship, and some insist that we worship in Tulsa, and some insist that we worship in Minnesota? God help them there with all the, in Minnesota. All these different places. We're, 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 no, that's why Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem or at the East Green Bay campus or at the West Green Bay campus or 
at the uh, Methodist church or the Baptist church or the time is coming. The most important thing is that is that true, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Because the Father is looking for those that will worship Him that way. For God is spirit, so that those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ. When He comes, He will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said, man, now He brought out the big bucket of water. That refreshing water that she was about to drink. He brought it. He said, Jesus said to her, I am that Messiah. I am the refreshing. I am the revival. I am the one that is ready to give you this glass, this glass of water, this cold glass of water to refresh you. A story of refreshing. You see, Jesus didn't avoid controversial places. And folk, as a church and as a people, if we are going to receive the water, if we are going to be instruments and people that are going to take this refreshing water to the city that we are a part of, to the lives that we are a part of, to our neighbors, to our family, to our, our co-workers, if we are going to experience this refreshing water, we need to be willing to go to areas that sometimes are controversial. We need to be willing to speak to people that need it. We need to be willing to share the gospel. We need to take that cup of water. We need to be, uh, re- allow the refreshing and the revival to work through us. No matter whether they are people, even like the Samaritans in Jesus' day. Jesus recognized a Holy Spirit moment when the woman came to the well. The source of the refreshing is the Holy Spirit. And we need to be ready. We need to be ready and sensitive to the, the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Ready to allow Him that source. And Jesus recognized that. She came, when she came to the well, an opportunity for Him to share with her the real, true, living water. Jesus was not offended by her presence, even though she was Samaritan. He wasn't offended by her question. He wasn't offended by, or not, and not distracted by her arguments. All that she came with. But He continued to say, I've got, the, I've got the goods, I've got the water, I've got the refreshment you need, I've got the truth for you, I've got what you need to be refreshed and to be made whole. The Holy Spirit used a gift of knowledge in Jesus for him to be able to point out to her and nudge her towards repentance. And then finally Jesus revealed the reality of that saving Messiah, the refreshing that comes from salvation, that only comes through Jesus. That refreshing that comes when Jesus said to her, Basically, repent. Turn to God. Turn your face to God. Let Him wipe away your sins and allow the refreshing of the Holy Spirit, the rain of the salvation, the rain of God to refresh you and fall upon you. Beautiful story of refreshing. A story that for many here today, maybe for those that are watching us online, A story that could be your story as well. As Jesus comes, even this morning, and presents to us and offers to us this gift of this cold water right in the midst of the dark days of summer. Let me finish with sharing in conclusion this this quick verse. A verse I love. It just talks about how God's power can be at work within us. In Romans chapter 1 verse 16... It says this, For I am not ashamed of this good news of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of this refreshing water. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm ready to hand it out. Because it is the power of God at work. 
So even for us, as we share and as we give this water, as we pass this water, as we take this water to people around about us, it's not you. It's the power of God at work through you. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. And then finally, Psalm 107 verse 9, it says this, For he, God, satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Are you thirsty? Are you in need of refreshment? Are you in need of revival? You know, it's one thing that I probably pray more often than, than not. One of the things that, that, that I pray on a regular basis, and that is for revival. To see our land, to see our nation, experience a refreshing, a fresh rain poured out. To see lives impacted by the power of God. That's my prayer today for your life, for my life. Even in the midst of the dark days of summer, let the Holy Spirit pour out that rain upon you. Repent, turn to God, so that he can wipe away the sin, so that the refreshing of the rain of God can be yours. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for, Father, it, you're as desirous for us to experience your refreshing as we need to be desiring to experience it from you. This morning, Lord, as we prepare and as our campus pastors will be coming and preparing us for communion, Holy Spirit, would you come and prepare our hearts to receive this refreshing that comes only from you. Maybe a refreshment that in the midst of the dog days of summer, when the heat is on, when the lips are dry, when the sweat is pouring, may there be refreshment that would fall on lives today and that will set eternity to shouting and celebrating. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.